Welcome to the Dale Sabor A Tu Salute podcast by Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. Join me as we steep in the world of Tadine with tea-inspired recipes, steeping tips, and interviews with fellow creatives, foodies, and entrepreneurs from our community. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in today's show notes. Lisa, I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast today. Can you share with us who you are and how you serve your community? Hi, Carla. I'm so grateful to be here um, and to share about the Dream Center of Los Angeles. So we are a ministry founded by Pastor Tommy and Matthew Barnett 29 years ago, believe it or not. We just turned 29 in September. And we're a resource to the community. They came here, you know, from Arizona, and they just wanted to be a beacon of light for Los Angeles and to serve and transform the lives of people of LA. Currently, 29 years later, that's what we're still doing. We are happy to be in Los Angeles where the need is so great. And our ministry and our resources are all based on the needs of the community. So they shift and kind of just adhere to what's needed most. So we're a good, huge resource for food in the community and for help of all different kinds. We do have four residential programs in the building, you know, for for people that want to come and have the need to stay here. And we're just Happy to be here. Thank you so much for sharing, Lisa. Let's talk about tea. I would love to know what's in your tasa. What was your last setting tea? So last setting tea was Seven Blossoms with my little one. She's a big tea drinker. So we opened up a box and we had some in the evening and we absolutely enjoyed it. It was it was delicious. It's kind of like our special girly time, you know. She's 11 and um She's into all that. It's so special to share it with your kids. I share it with my kids too. Yeah. What is your personal connection to the Dream Center? So the Dream Center is definitely a special place for me, for my life, for my family, and in my heart. I work here. I've been here for four years uh, working, but five years ago, I actually dropped my husband off to the Dream Center, just immersed in in addiction and brokenness and needing the help and exhausting, having exhausted all of our resources and tried all different avenues of help for him, but couldn't find a place that he could get the help that he needed until he came here. So I dropped him off into the discipleship program. That's one year long. And the following year, he graduated. But before he graduated, he did ask if me and our two children would join him in Los Angeles, that he had plans of staying, that God had spoken to him and he had plans of staying in L.A. for quite some time. So I prayed about it and, you know, just took a leap of faith, packed my car from kind of local, about an hour and a half, Paris, California. And we came to Los Angeles. We actually received and went into one of the ministries, the one for the family floor with the children. And it's a residential ministry here. And they open the door to those in need. I was just having a hard time making ends meet and wanted to join my husband in his recovery and support him and, you know, just follow what God had for us. 
So we, we moved here, you know, four years ago and, um, it's just been an amazing journey. One that I don't know what it would look like anywhere else. You know, my husband was in recovery, taking care of his mental well-being, his spiritual well-being, and we were safe in the same building, but in a separate program. I was able to, you know, get my kids situated, get them placed in school, have support, you know, with whatever we needed. And it's where I really, really felt the love of Jesus individually for Lisette him saying, Hey, I know what you need. And this is the place that I have for you to fill that need. And it's actually one of our mottos here from the founders is find a need and fill it. And so that's what we do for, for others in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for sharing your family's personal story. What other programs and resources does the Dream Center offer? So we have a long list, but to kind of try to cover it all in a short period of time, we have four residential programs on campus. We have discipleship, which is, my husband calls it Jesus Boot Camp for a year. Then we have the optional second year of discipleship called Connections. And then we have a third year, which is called Transitions. The reason why we know that our recovery program, and it doesn't have to look like recovery. It can be anything that's coming between you and your relationship with the Lord. So it's kind of like a great reset that people get the luxury of time to come into the program, to have their needs taken care of so that they can set that time apart and just set the foundation of their, their new life starting you know, commencing then. So we have first, second, and third year for discipleship. We have veterans homes for both men and women. And what's unique about our women's veteran home is that if they have little ones, they can also join them in the shelter part. Those programs are about a year, but there's no eviction notice when the 365 days are up, you know, case by case. And it depends on the situation. So it could be a little bit longer. We do have some really good permanent housing options in Los Angeles for veterans that are fairly new. So we are transitioning veterans from our program into permanent housing because it is transitional housing. We have three floors currently for families. And what's amazing about our ministry is that it doesn't look like what a normal shelter looks like. It's not just women and children, and it's not boys under the age of 12 only. So our family floor looks like single moms, single dads, and whole families too, with both parents. Sometimes the case looks like one of the parents was injured and unable to work. And so they just need a temporary time for recovery of their injuries and to get back on their feet. Or like my case where uh, my husband graduated from the discipleship program and then he's able to join us on the family floor and just, you know, have a safe place for his recovery, for his, you know, mental well-being while still being held accountable for his recovery. And, you know, he did the second year, which is transitions where you volunteer for some actual year, it's eight months, but Uh, You volunteer and give back in the eight month period. And um, now he's actually gone to his own 
um, employment off campus. And so he's doing really, really well. And, you know, we're still here. And I'm, of course, employed in the development part of the Dream Center. But we have other ministries that go out to the community. Oh, excuse me. We have one other ministry that's also on campus, which is for foster youth. So anybody that's been emancipated from foster care ages 18 to about 25, I believe they get a couple of hotel vouchers and a bag for their clothes and they're done. And so we offer a home and a safe place for these young people to come and live here and have a safe place uh, with room and board and a family structure. They have a parent, you know, spiritual parents on the floor. They have weekly family dinners and just to mend their brokenness. You know, they come here and you can tell that they've been through a great deal, you know, and also when they share their testimony, you know, you, you realize that they've been through a ton. And so we, you know, we're, we're here for them and you see, you know, them starting to build community and, and just their lives transformed. And I've been here long enough to also see that, um, that there was a young lady that got her child out of foster care. That little one was able to join her in the foster care home for youth. So we also have a different aspect of foster care that we cover with intervention. We work with case management in Los Angeles. They give us a call and they let us know that of of the list of things that are needed for a family, 80% of these families are uh, single moms who flee domestic violence type situations. And so they have a needs list in order to keep the children in the home. And so we have a budget for that. We buy, you know, brand new furniture. We send out whole teams, deliver their needs and also um, just connect with the mom or with the parent that's there so that uh, we can continue to be a resource. And this ministry actually continues to do weekly visits after until the case is closed. So we have a a needs list, we deliver it, and we just, every week we go back, we try to be a resource to that family and, and also continue to deliver food. And that brings us to another ministry that we have. We have um, our Adopt-A-Block ministry, where we are the second largest food bank of Los Angeles. So we load up trucks. We go out into the community to 22 neighborhoods. Most of these neighborhoods are, you know, underprivileged. And so we show up every week. We're consistent about it. And our Adopt-A-Block ministry is, it depends on what the needs are and what the community looks like there. And so it's very adverse and it, it looks like what the needs are. So if there's a lot of kids, we get a kids program going. If there's a lot of adults that speak Spanish, then we have um, some Adopt-A-Block sites that have like a Spanish speaking Bible study type thing. So it just depends on what the community needs are and what it looks like. But we take food to them. We raffle goods that are uh, donated to us by Costco or, you know, other stores. And it's really just a fun time. We also have a part of that, uh, a small team in the Adopt-A-Block 
team that goes and delivers food to homes of the people that can't come out to receive the goods. And so we just have a special opportunity where their hearts are open. They know us, you know, because we've been going for years and we have the privilege of going and delivering goods and food and just connecting with people and, you know, the opportunity to pray over them and just have them receive, you know, smiles. And we do have teams that come on short-term missions from all over the world that serve with us. And so they have the, uni- the unique opportunity of, of locking arms with us and, and being out there on the mission field with us. So it's very, very special. We have other ministries. It just kind of depends on, you know, what the need is during COVID. We had a drive-through line where I believe we served 5 million meals from there. We had Pastor Matthew out there seven days a week for a time period, 14 hours a day, just delivering, not knowing what it was going to look like, people opening their trunks and were putting goods in their trunk and hot meals just all day for 14 hours. This is in a time where Los Angeles didn't even have food on the shelves. So even if you had the resources to buy the food, it wasn't there. So, you know, COVID hit, we had food in the, in the food bank for three days for our, you know, campus and for our residents. And he decided to give it all out. And we saw food be delivered faster than we can give it out. So it was a, just such a, a time of that God just showed up in such a strong way when the need was so great, you know, and things are so uncertain. And it keeps going back to, because you keep repeating it, the need. Yeah. And these, all these resources are available. And a resounding theme is also that people aren't given up on. Like there's no expiration. Absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about the Dream Center is that we're taught and, you know, in learning the characteristics of Jesus in the Bible is that he doesn't give up on people and he doesn't have conditions, you know. So if we have, it looks like sometimes people come into the program and leave early and, you know, aren't really ready for the commitment to recover. And then they come back and the doors are open. They stay open. And then this time they stick it out because they know what to expect. And that's the thing is that when they share their testimony, oftentimes it's not just one time that they come into the program that's, you know, a couple of times or sometimes even more than that. And the doors, you know, the dream center is just like open arms, you know, and the same thing for the other programs, you know, there's people that leave prematurely and then decide that they made a mistake and they get in contact with us and they're able to come back in. So that's the one thing is hope. We just walk around here with hopeful expectation that even when things are rough, that they're not going to stay like that. That was one of my questions is what gives you hope in your work? I would love to know if you could expand on that. Um, the Dream Center, I can't even put into words what it's like to be on this campus. I could uh, remember coming to visit my husband when he was in the program before I came to live here. And just knowing that I was walking on 
on good soil, just knowing that this place was prayed up. And uh, as you were walking around, you saw people covering each other in prayer and gathering in circles. You just know that it's so, so special. And so we walk around here, Pastor Matthew, he is a beacon of hope himself. And so he has really a, a positive attitude and he just, you know, he's a go-getter. So, you know, we follow by example. And so we know that, you know, we see somebody coming into the program and we have to believe better for them sometimes when they don't believe better for themselves. And when we first moved here and even now I'll ask my children, like, what miracle have you seen today just to make conversation? And they're so sweet. And they're sometimes they name people because people here are taught to share their testimony and to share their story because they matter. And so oftentimes they'll hear the testimony at church and they'll be touched and um, and they'll say a name and, the, and they'll say, you know, that he's a walking miracle because he said in his testimony, there's no reason why he should still be here but God. And so just everybody knowing, you know, being able to connect with people and knowing their story um, continues to revive that hope in our hearts for everybody so that we can be hopeful and we can see the other side of somebody when they first come in. Also being able to see them when they first come in and in their brokenness and probably feeling hopeless, we're, we're able to cover them and just be there for them in the interim until they do find the day that they are hopeful again. And that's actually why we're called the Dream Center, because people say that when they're here and in the program, they get to dream a little bit again. And yeah, we've had somebody share that in the testimony and it was so touching and so fitting that made Pastor Matthew really happy, really, really happy. It's so important to share the hope and the dreams and the magic and miracles. Yeah. And I think that we've talked about this before, that there are walking miracles Yeah, at the Dream Center. Everybody has a story and some of them are even comical. You know, I remember one that really stuck to me was a young man sharing that he grew up in the neighborhood very near the Dream Center and he was done with life and he was in addiction and gang affiliated and just was beyond himself. So he laid out in the middle of the road to have somebody just come and hit him. And his uncle pulls up to the side and saw him and said, what are you doing? Get in the car. (laughs) So he gets in the car and his uncle says, well, I'm going to pick up lunch at the dream center and we're going to find a resource for you there. And so he dropped him off into the discipleship program. And so like maybe eight months later, this young man was sharing how he got to the Dream Center. And it was because he was done. And his uncle pulled up, was coming to get lunch because we have hot meals for the community every day and found him a resource, dropped him off, got him help. And he was just, you know, sharing his his testimony. And it's not funny when it was happening, but it's such a, a comical thing, you know, like an ironic thing that how God would work that out for him. So people's stories, you, you, you can forget a name, but you don't forget a story, you know? 
And there really are. And there's so many, so many people with so many gifts here that are getting hope again, that are dreaming again, that God's speaking to and having them remember the things that they love about life, about loving, about serving others. And um, because we are an outreach ministry, it just allows you to get over yourself and pour into others. And I think there's just so much blessing in that. I'm taking a moment to pause and and to soak it all in. It's incredible to bring it back to full circle of the need. And the need is really pouring into others. Absolutely. Whatever that looks like, sometimes it's, you know, we have people that come in from under the bridges of Los Angeles and come on campus and get a free hot meal. And so sometimes their need is shoes. Sometimes their need is a blanket, a tent, because they're not ready to come into a program. So whatever it looks like, you know, and sometimes it's just acknowledgement, you know, in a conversation. And our campus is full of people that have come through so much brokenness that that brokenness just gives you the ability to have a different level of compassion because we know that we're only here because of the grace of God, you know? And so we just welcome everybody. And like you said, you know, with a little hole, we just serve them and and whatever their needs are. Amazing. I would love to know how Tadeen fits into this. How does Tadeen support the Dream Center? So Tadeen, we are working out having employees of the Tadeen company come out and volunteer with us. So we are in the midst of that, of arranging that, but Tadeen also donates teas. And so we do have some of the people in our programs that have um, benefited from teas. And it's really important. We talked about your wellness Uh, line of teas and stuff, and especially for people in recovery, you know, to have something familiar because they're away from family in a way is just crucial. That was their experience was, oh, I had the chamomile tea and it reminded me of my grandma and it just felt good to, to remember that. So that's how we're connected and we're excited, you know, to have a team out and come and put their sleeves up and get into serving side by side with us. Super excited for that. Beautiful. I can't wait to hear about it. Can you share with us how we or the listeners can support the Dream Center? Absolutely. So exposure is one of the things that we need. You know, the Dream Center always needs volunteers and always needs funds. It does take $1.2 million a month to keep our doors open. Uh, We're not government funded. And so we just lock arms with people like me and you. And that's our bread and butter, our monthly donors that can give a set amount every month, whether it looks like $20 or $100, depending on you know, where we're at financially um, and just, you know, locking arms with businesses to come and bring teams to come volunteer with us and to also give into the ministry. So people can go to www.dreamcenter.org and donate and also sign up to volunteer or to get a tour to find out more details on the ministry and check out our campus and find out where you can get plugged in and where you would like to volunteer for those uh, of the listeners that are local in the Los Angeles area. 
but definitely, definitely worth it. You guys, I, we can talk about it all day, but it's, there's nothing like being here and just seeing it for yourself. Thank you, Lisette. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Carla. It was a pleasure. Pleasure speaking with you. I'm so grateful to be here and to share. Gracias. Thank you so much for steeping in the world of Tadeen. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find Tadeen at Tadeen Tees on Instagram and more information in the show notes. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a review. Adios.